This is a honky tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Hey everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. You are listening to... And you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Priceless. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Wrestler Review. I'm John Hastings, and I'm Delegate. He's the Dustin Runnels to my Virgil Runnels. Oh, you didn't know? Do-do. I'm more like Dusty. You're more like Dusty. Do-do-do-do. That's because I'm conscious of my body and I've stopped drinking to preserve my life. Ladies and gentlemen. Do-do-do-do. John does pills. Boom, Not boom, anymore. Boom, boom. I know specific hot dog stands in the rural south. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Did you ever hear about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That apparently they would be driving along and Dusty Rhodes would be like, baby, stop over there, the good uh, hot dog stand under a bridge. <laughs> and then everyone would be like, what? And it's like literally a place where it's like the only per- the closest thing to a person you've seen is some rusted barbed wire on the side of the road and then they're like god damn there is a hot dog stand under this bridge <laughs> dusty roads is one of the weird like it's the weirdest thing it's like the emperor has no clothes in that it's like okay so dusty roads horrifically fat man like unpleasant to look at aesthetically oh, yeah. never discussed it's just like i oh, what a talker huh like like fuck you, fuck you! Right? Like, there's a reason why Hulk Hogan got over being a charismatic, muscular man, and Dusty Rhodes only got so far. And part of it is because Dusty Rhodes, it was uncomfortable to look at at a certain point. We're just like, please, like, it's just weird that you're pretending to be an athlete. You're clearly tired. <laughs> Even when they had to push him in uh, the superstar Billy Graham Dusty Rhodes thing, you could see how begrudging it was on Vince McMahon's part because there's a part in the match where Vince McMahon describes Dusty Rhodes' style as roly-poly, and that is not <laughs> close to how fat Dusty Rhodes got at, like, at his fattest. Like He got to be a complete another Dusty Rhodes by the end of his life. And to be a real opposite of a wrestling fan... I'm not trying to put down Dusty Rhodes for his weight. I'm just saying it's really weird that in wrestling, it's very re- rarely brought up that he was over. Like, do you understand? Like, this is wrestling where being a woman is brought up like, remember, she's weak because of her genitals. But Dusty Rhodes being mostly butter, everyone's like, hmm, wears a mink coat. He wears a mink oh, coat. Oh, I don't think that actually does play a lot into this story we're about to talk about this week. At least part one of Gold, Gold Dust. Dust. Gay is bad and gay is bad is bad. That is the character that they decide to done. No, it's androgynous. Anyway, he wants to fuck a guy and that is de- the devil. Okay, let's just say this about Goldust little teaser for second half. Gold Dust, most important um, character in the WWF leading to the Attitude Era. Most important. I agree. Also, that's a sizzling hot fucking take, John. Fucking put your lunch on my fucking take because it'll warm it up. That's how hot my take is. Oh, this this take warms up other takes. I'm going to have mm. some soft takes that will also be hot. Yeah, soft takes. I don't have any of those. I only have hard, hot takes. My dick is hard and hot. <laughs> to the touch. I would love to have a show where it's just soft takes. Yeah, I gotta say this about Dusty Rhodes. He probably didn't have the best relationship with his father, possibly. <laughs> hey, man, I mean, here's uh, Dusty Rhodes for what he did working on the road so much. His sons really do love him. Soft take. You know, it's interesting that Dusty doesn't occasionally try and smother Cody Rhodes in his sleep, even though clearly Dusty was not Dustin was not loved as much as Cody by his father. Well, different part of their life, right? Like Dustin was around well, let's start right into it. Dustin Rhodes was basically around and he kind of starts wrestling the same reason that David San Martino started wrestling, which is Dad's never around, so fuck it. I'm gonna start wrestling so I can hang out with Dad. And he is I would say, if I was to make a uh, comparison, I would say he's almost like Randy Orton, exactly, where he just got what wrestling was super fast, but then never had another gear other than gold dust. And I I think Randy Orton's awesome. I'm just saying that, like, Dustin Rhodes 
was a finished product pretty much immediately. I completely agree. I would say that um, he does have other gears, and he shows amazing versatility. Also, as an in-ring performer, because Goldust wrestled much way different than the natural or the tag team specialist, as he was known. Um, So that's not a good thing. That's never never a good thing. Bobby Eaton's character. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you never want to be the knockoff Bobby Eaton. He's like Bobby Eaton, <laughs> but not as Bobby Eaton about it. What is yeah. that? like? So he's beige, but less so? No, I wouldn't say beige. <laughs> he's like Bobby Eaton, except when you ask him to speak, he can somewhat. Yeah, he knows more words than Jim and Cornette. <laughs> what do you think of this, Bobby Eaton? Jim Cornette. Yeah, Bobby, what do you want to eat? Yeah, Jim. Yeah, ask Jim, I guess. I'm crying. <laughs> it's the most he's ever said. Um, Dusty Rhodes clearly just asked his dad, how do I be a wrestler? And then Dusty was like, all right, baby, let me do what I would do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call people out. And so, like, if you look at where he goes, it's in alphabetical order of favors Dusty Rhodes could call in. Because his debut comes in 1988. At Championship Wrestling from Florida. Starts with C. Also was the first place Dusty was huge. And arguably the biggest place ever that Dusty Rhodes ever was a wrestler. Like it was. Yes. It's where the idea of him being the American Dream comes from. Um, they had to move him and put him in a um, program with the superstar Billy Graham just so they could get other wrestlers over. They could like literally fans just wanted to see Dusty Rhodes and then they would leave. So that's how big he was in Florida. Do they hide him under a hood to give him a chance? No, fuck you. Call him Dustin Rhodes and make sure everyone knows that his dad is Dusty Rhodes. And boom, he comes in and in within a year. He captures the Florida heavyweight title from Al Perez and holds it for a month. Like this is the this is the beginning of his early type of career where it's like, oh, you know that the ball sack that you came from? It belonged to a guy we like. So we're gonna give you a lot of opportunities, even <laughs> though your body is best described as you know those photos of your dad when he's a teenager? Like that. But he is the crazy thing is Dusty Dustin Rhodes is six foot six. I know it's fucking crazy, but Dusty Rhodes looked like every photo of my dad from the early '80s. He like, <laughs> yeah. There's something about Dusty Rhodes shirtless that I just assume his ankles are in a lake. <laughs> did you get that T-shirt free with a McDonald's meal? I did. Well, he's also a 19-year-old man when he starts yeah, this, wrestling. It's a like, great it's point. So much to expect to like, and much of his career is just basically being. I am. Dust, Dusty Rhodes's kid, but he's 19, and it would take a lot of individuality to, for him to be like, you know what? I need to not be Dusty Rhodes's kid so that when people reference that I am his kid, I really can play off of that. And this is also late 80s into the 90s, where if it's 10 years previous and he comes in with this exact introduction, he's like, feuding with he's like the best friend of the von erics in texas or something but since it's been 10 years it's no longer enough to just be some dude's kid even if it is dusty Rhodes, the american hamburger dream the hamburglar the hamburglar super the hamburglar star graham and again things sort of work out in championship wrestling from florida except that this is at the tail end of the territories, when Vince McMahon is now so powerful, he's literally even going after the territories that were loyal to his dad. Championship Wrestling from Florida being owned by Eddie Graham. Eddie Graham and Vince McMahon Sr. being best friends and was like left for last as like a, you were nice to that man that I say I love but I hate, so I'll I'll let you go bankrupt as opposed to bailing you out financially. Is basically what happens to Eddie Graham. Oh, what happened to Eddie Graham? I'll explain. Bunch of bad real estate deals... May have faked his own death. Go ahead, Dylan. I was going to ask, what is it like to be best friends with Vince McMahon Sr.? I, I just assume... Does best friends with Vince McMahon Sr. mean you just saw him kill someone and you didn't talk, but you actually don't have any, like, casual hangouts? You just Your joke is interesting because my joke was, um, I assume you procure women for him to put his cigars out on. <laughs> Loyal, then, you know, Eddie. How young he likes him, and you up the age by five. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, he likes him starting around the age of 60. He had mother problems, did our Vince McMahon Sr. <laughs> 
Yeah, and then you just say 65 because that makes it a caliente. Do you think that every time an old wrestler refers to Vince McMahon as Junior, he can feel it? Yes. I think that I would love to call him Junior to his face and see what happened. I, f- I feel like you'd get a roundhouse kick from a 73-year-old. I feel like he can't bend that well because I know he can't bend that well. Yeah, it's one... It, hmm. He tore both his knees out over 10 years ago walking fast yeah but that's just based on um a huge amount of steroid use and like i'm saying it won't be a good roundhouse kick but he will attempt a roundhouse kick (laughs) i think he'd try and fight me yeah how great would it be to like be the guy that beat up vince mcmahon i'm gonna throw he might take his dick out and be like say that to me again now that you see this that's true, yeah. No actual physical touch, just like tr- a mental a mind game. And you'd mind. kiss it. You just go, yeah, 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 yeah. And you, you give it a, just a, a weird kiss on the top of it. Just go, um, <laughs> So, John, it's been, you're still 19. Uh, yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? You've been wrestling for like four months. You're yeah. going to be on TV. That's goddamn right, because you're the natural Dustin Rhodes. You're the natural Dustin Rhodes. Time for uh, Dusty to open up, go to the second thing on his alphabetical list of favors owed, and head to the NWA, as it was known in 1998. So it comes after Championship Wrestling from Florida. Hi-oh. The problem this is, is the- just, just when they've sold the Turner as well. Just when oh, they've yeah. sold the Turner. Yeah, so this is this is right before this is when Jim Hurd puts in a bunch of rules for Dusty, and then Dusty is just like, "Oh, I'll be getting myself fired." So one of them was no exceedingly violent acts or blood, and then literally the next week, Dusty had the Road Warriors stab him in the eye, in the fucking <laughs> eye. No if blood. You've never seen it. baby. If you've never seen this angle, if you watched Road Warriors as a kid and you think, "Why don't they just use those spikes in their opponents?" They did once. And it's like a New Jack match. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> it's stabs him in the eye and then grinds it against the bone. With the piece of information of being he did this as a fuck you, it's just so much. Like Just like, oh, abso-fucking-lutely. But it's very selfish, too, right? Because then you think about it in respect with Dustin, and Dustin is now getting a paycheck from Ted Turner, and now you've put your entire family in jeopardy. Like It's not just you anymore. It's also your son who is doing really well. Like they're putting him over a bunch of people. The first loss he has as a tag team wrestler, because they're putting him in tag teams. I mean, he has been wrestling less than a year, is to the original Midnight Express. That's not nobody. Nah, boy. That's like an established tag team. Mm-hmm. That's really like that's really far up the card. And I think it's just I don't know. Like I see- whatever you want to say about Dusty Rhodes, I think let's not make the let's make the, the first part of his career is definitely this is Dusty's kid. But we can say this. As far as wrestling, like this isn't my uh this isn't these aren't my words, because obviously it was three. I wasn't looking at work right back then. But from what I've heard, basically uh people that got wrestling in this order, uh like no particular order, but Dustin Rhodes, Owen Hart, Kurt Angle, those are the people that got wrestling the fastest. I think as you see Ronda Rousey wrestle more, she could be put in that league. But those four people are the ones who are like, oh, yeah, wrestling, okay. And they just did it and were great immediately. Like, immediately. Um, I think that... <coughs> I think that's a fair point. I think that we also need to bring up the fact that he was weirdly protected and that he gets these big wins, but it's original Midnight Express, but he beats them on a house show and you can talk about it. But so it, he beats yeah. Butch Reed, but it's during a dark match for a television show and then it's discussed. So it's one of those things where it's still they're still good at protecting everyone. Even when he moves after this very briefly, he has a cup of coffee at All Japan and for the USWA. Which allows us to point out once again that Jerry Lawler is a pedophile. And even there, he, you know, he feuds with Tony Anthony over the CWA Heavyweight Championship um, title, but never wins the belt. So he totally gets wrestling. But it's more now that situation where he's a decent wrestler, but he is still getting opportunities because the name draws that he would have been. I, I think looking at his ability as a young wrestler, this is the negative side of him being Dusty Rhodes' son, is that he gets a lot of heat, especially now when he goes to the WWF for the first time, and they have him debut with his dad in this angle with Ted DiBiase, 
and he has a televised 10-minute challenge match, which is the best way I've ever seen them debut someone's kid as a wrestler, which is he's never done wrestling before because this is WWF in 1990. So it's like, hey, who's Ric Flair? Oh, my dad's friend, I guess. Yeah, good. So guess what? He has a kid that's been wrestling for two years, but they literally claim this is the first time he was ever in the ring. And I actually thought it was until I started researching this this, um, uh, podcast. And all he has to do is last 10 minutes against Ted DiBiase. And because they're both good workers, it looks like it's a struggle, but he does it. And then they have a match with um, DiBiase and Virgil. It's very weird that Dusty Rhodes fought Virgil, that he fought the guy they named to make fun of him. Yeah, they fought the specific man they tried to make fun of him with. But like uh, to your point, though, it's the fucking best because you introduce a guy as a rookie and he doesn't win. He just doesn't lose. And you're like, holy shit, this guy might be good. It's fu- It's again, do that. Why don't you do that more? Why wouldn't? Why wouldn't you? Do- oh, wait, what was that? It's the same way they introduced John Cena in the angle challenge where he just fought Kurt Angle hard, lost, but they were like, holy shit, this guy could be good one day. Like, that's all you do. Oh, is that when they did uh, I Am... He was Robotron or whatever? He was still the android or the the prototype? No, he, he was, was, no, he was just... Uh, he was John Cena, but that's what he was like. Why do you think you're going to win, Kurt Angle says, and John Cena goes, ruthless aggression. <laughs> oh, god damn it. What a well, that's bitch. what ruthless aggression was like. Here's... Yeah. Two words that have never been said in a row before. I know it. I checked. Uncomfortable grit. Um, (laughs) That guy takes this too seriously, the WWE. It looks like he's shitting, but he's just angry. Uh, Dusty. I don't know how to do this yet. (laughs) Dusty and Dustin both fuck off from the WWF. Why? Because WCW is calling. Jim Hurd is out. Let me do, sum up this story. Jack Petrick is running WCW for Ted Turner. Jack Petrick is best friends with Jim Hurd. Jim Hurd says, here's one thing I don't want to have happen. I don't want you to bring Jim uh, Dusty Rhodes back in. I don't like him. Jack Petrick does it anyway, and they're no, they've never spoken again. Fuck you, Jim Hurd, I guess. Well, this is what this is, though. Like To understand the levity of Dustin Rhodes, there was three major stars in pro wrestling in the 80s. Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, and Hulk Hogan. And me. This is the closest they get to having to Hulk Hogan having a son, like, at the top of his reign. Like, two years previous, three years previous to Dustin Rhodes debuting in the NWA, Dusty Rhodes had, like, made them a ton of money. That's a really good point. Yeah, like the three, because again, it's like, nineteen ninety. Hulk Hogan had a son that debuted in nineteen ninety. Yeah, in nineteen ninety, what happened four years ago? Oh, four years ago, we ran two buildings a hundred miles apart from each other for Starcade, and made so much money. Jim Hurd bought a fucking plane in cash. Yeah, you mean Croc? No, I mean yeah. Fuck. No, did he give the money to Jim Hurd? He was like, "This is for all the Pizza Hut pizzas. I'm very good at business. We're having a pizza party." This is. I um, hate myself. How are you going to pay the myself. Midnight Express? I hate oh, myself no. so much. Did I need to correct you. Jim Hurt. Uh, Jim Hurt. Oh, did you say Pizza Hut or do, uh, or Pizza Pizza? Pizza Hut. Okay, good. That is the company. Yeah, he Pizza Pizza. I w- Jim Hurt wasn't a rural Canadian millionaire. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he wasn't. I assume a fucking a blonde man from Scarborough who's happy that he's stolen some Italians' culture. <laughs> That's why I like Pizza Pizza. If you ever go to Canada, it's the biggest chain and by far, it's, I would say worldwide, the by, by far the worst fast food chain. It's oh, like, yeah. Oh, man, someone found some craft singles and put them on top of cardboard. Why do people eat this? Oh, everyone's apathetic here. Okay. <laughs> it's just, I don't, like, it's weird because it's like, this is shit, but also I eat it when I'm there and I'm like, oh, I got to go to Pizza Pizza. And it's like, every time I'm like, these fucks. It sucks. Oh, Pizza Pizza, by the way, um, uh, founded by a man named Michael Overs, grew up in the beaches, fucking nailed this so far, um, with a single store at Parliament and Wellesley uh, in 1967, um, and marketed it around having a unique phone number. I fucking 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 hate capitalism. (laughs) 
Hey man, they're the first ones. Nine six seven eleven eleven. Yeah, how are we gonna get people to buy our pizza? Nine six seven eleven eleven. They'll just fucking know the number, man. Shut the fuck up. That said, it was a better the better ring. The better number is Ottawa, which is seven three seven eleven eleven. Ooh, no, it's not better because it's from Ottawa, and Ottawa is bad. So the tag team specialist, Dustin Rhodes. Um, he's in the Alexandra, he's feuding with Alexandra York's foundation. Who is Alexandra York? That would become the lady that is Marlena and the lady that would basically make him and his dada start, stop talking. Isn't that fun? Yeah, it is weird. And also the lady that he pones for the better part of the rest of the nineties. He fucks Marlena a lot. But why does Dusty Rhodes not like Marlena? I'm going to, uh, I have to guess, um, and I'm going to guess the reason is that she didn't also want to fuck him. Because she's a slut. That's literally it. She dated other wrestlers. That's why. And that's why Dusty Rhodes didn't like her? Well, you know what? Because everyone was like, that girl's easy. And Dustin Rhodes was like, well, I love this woman. And then Dusty was like, no. <laughs> no, baby. You can't be having sex with someone who's had sex before. You got to have a new sex lady. Do like... Did you learn nothing from Jerry Lalo, baby? You're supposed to get a new one. Unwrap the baby. Box, have you learned baby. nothing from Have you learned nothing from Ric Flair? I know Ric Flair. I love him very much, but I do not shake his hand. I just touch his cock and go, "Ooh, smells like Dusty's girlfriend." <laughs> I'm better teaching lessons, baby. I want you to know that. But this is that's and uh, yeah, un unfortunately, that is uh, uh, later in life. He obviously was like, well, "How fucking dumb was I?" But that is this is the genesis of uh the i would say i haven't heard anything about this i haven't like heard explicitly it said but i'm gonna say this is the genesis of that obviously that rift between father and son and i'm gonna say dustin roses crazy pill problem yeah add it up smoke it down Especially as we sort of segue into being Goldust, because Goldust is a revolutionary character, but also imagine you're in the locker room in 1995 being Goldust. Like, he has a great run in um, uh, in the NWA when you look at it. He becomes the U.S. champion. He uh, gives us quite possibly my favorite shit match of all time. Would you like to know what it is? Was that the one that got him fired? It is the one that gets him fired because he doesn't really do much. He has some classic WCW times of the early 90s. He's in a feud with Rick Rude that kind of goes nowhere. He has a match with Max Payne. Of course he does. He does a bunch of he has a bunch of matches against Arn Anderson because when Arn Anderson has nothing to do, you ha he still has a match on a Clash of Champions. <laughs> it's either we put him in the ring or he drinks so much wine he calls Cactus Jack a woman. Make your choice. <laughs> Um, he's Oddly, in though, he, yeah. He, go I'm ahead. I was just going to say, he, he kind of like, in their mind, they're like, okay, cool. This is a slender next generation wrestler. And they basically phased out Barry Windham because Barry Windham uh, doesn't like wrestling. He likes drinking and eating donors. Yeah, he does. Um, so they've kind of phased out Barry Windham. And there's a thought, you can see through the booking, that Dustin Rhodes is the next phase of pro wrestling. But the problem is, is that he still doesn't have a character at all. His character is, basically, this guy is a good person, but life comes super easy for him, essentially. Like, there's a certain... Like, Brock Lesnar, when he first came in the WWE... People forget this, but everyone just thought he was like New Goldberg. Was he better than Goldberg? Absolutely. But they pushed him super hard, and he also had something that can't be qualified, which is he had like a kid's face. And Dustin Rhodes had a kid's face. Yeah, so it's like... He had a baby face. Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar only looks intimidating now because he just has a blank face. When he first came in, he would have this angry face, and it looked like he was just like, ah, I forgot where my car's parked. <laughs> what do I do to him, Paul? Lie down. <laughs> <laughs> do something that Jerry Lawler told me. Nice. Three Jerry Lawlers. Um, but the thing about uh, Dustin is they're, they're, they are trying to slowly move him up the ranks. I mean, even as the tag team specialist, he's doing uh, he's he's immediately moving into a team with Ricky Steamboat. They're clearly getting him reps with really, really good guys. Um, it's just that it's the fucking mid 90s. And this is this weird part of wrestling where it's transitioning out of the 80s style 
and obviously into what would become the late 90s style with the NWO and the Attitude Era of and I, I, a woman on fire that makes you a good guy. I'm also going to say this, and I have no evidence to back this up, but also Hulk Hogan comes in, and I don't think there's that much love between Hulk Hogan and Dusty Rhodes, even though Dusty Rhodes stays, but he's always as a commentator throughout the Hogan period of WCW, even though Dusty is a really creative, interesting force. You'd think you'd use him on the booking committee, but they never do. Either way, it's by this time, it's March 1994. Rhodes is feuding with Bunkhouse Buck uh, and his manager, Colonel Robert Parker. Um, they have May I a, say something? Yes. Still, one of my favorite things about WCW, just the name Bunkhouse Buck. Oh, it's absolutely fucking exceptional. I miss Southern wrestling so much, man. What's his gimmick? Uh, he sleeps where the ranchers sleep. <laughs> What's his? He sleeps in a shed, and that makes him a bad guy? Yeah, he has no money. Poor yeah. is bad. <laughs> yeah. His house doesn't have as good a plumbing as the main house. Now get in Here, there, we Buck. Gotta, we got a we got a all right, so we got a good idea of to turn old bunkhouse babyface. He fights a gay guy because gay <laughs> is the worst and poor second worst. Yeah. Yeah, he just we did the math. Here's a chart. Gay bad. Bunkhouse Buck, he he just fights a, a guy named Shed Charlie. No alliteration. <laughs> Shed smaller than a bunkhouse. Yeah. Who's his arch nemesis? Wheelbarrow Steve. He lives in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> he, that's how, that's how he motorized a wheelbarrow. That's how he drive around. That son of a bitch. He got no money. If God wanted wheelbarrows to be cars, he wouldn't have given us a trunk. <laughs> wheelbarrow Steve's a son of a bitch. That guy can't even afford peaches. <laughs> Um, to follow up on Dylan's point about Bunkhouse Buck, my personal favorite thing about WCW, especially in this time, was their love of bringing in heel or babyface wrestlers as an opponent's person from the past. Oh, yeah. They did it with Colonel Robert Parker, uh, brought in Cobra. They did it because for weeks they would just play um, Morris Code noises and... Uh, the Colonel would, uh, uh, the yeah, Pittman. Sorry, pardon me. Colonel Robert Pittman, the Pitbull. Sergeant Pit Craig Pittman. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> anyway, they bring in the spirit animal of the wrestler review, Barry Darso, as someone from Dust, uh, Dustin Rhodes' past, the Blacktop yep. Bully. Do they explain how they know each other? No. The Blacktop Bully's gimmick? 44 year old man know this young child. Oh, it's <laughs> That's so. like. Fucking gross. We're bringing in the guy, ooh, someone you might know from your past. That's right. Your dad's friend who molested you. <laughs> <laughs> now you have a match in a truck. That's exactly <laughs> what they, they inadvertently make it be like, time to confront your abuser, Dustin. It's just like, that's, <laughs> that's, my, that's not my dad and he's not calling my wife a whore. So I don't really understand the booking of this. Your dad's fat. How's oh. that sound? <laughs> Dad, shut up. You're fat. you not fat, but you get fat. Anyway, get naked. I won't have some time. <laughs> hey, Dusty! Dusty! Your girlfriend's gonna be fat with my baby! So shut up! Ha! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you fat! What's my name again? Black Top Bully Fat! Night night! I sleep on my feet. Um, this is a plug for our Patreon as we are about to go into. They get fired because they have one match called a king of a road king of the road match which is they fight in the back of a truck for no reason which is somehow still better than the vince russo king of the road match. what's the vince Rose russo king of the road match? i mean it's a t it's like a deep late to late aughts tna so it's like you have to make oh. a road and then the match is started but if the whoever makes the road first automatically loses and they have to pin the other guy on their not yet made road I, are you are you making that up i am making that up yes because <laughs> here's the thing once you get into like mid to late aughts vince russo tna matches could be anything oh totally could be anyway so they have a fight in the back of a truck essentially what happens is there's a directive from wcw to not get color uh to not bleed at all and Apparently, the road agent told them to bleed. Barry Darso uh, maintains that 
he bled inadvertently and basically because they were literally having a wrestling match in the back of a truck. It's literally the sloshed around and it caught up his back. Yeah, it's the back of a truck driving through the hills of fucking um, Alabama or Arkansas. Like it's fucked. And it's cra- that's the crazy thing about Dustin Rhodes is this guy's a huge redneck and his character is like a clean cut redneck in WCW. Yeah, he's the weird thing about WCW where it's kind of it's kind of bipolar in that way where you're trying to push the next generation star in Dustin Rhodes by being a clean cut redneck, but you're also not really wanting to be Southern wrestling. And I think that he's kind of a very good like almost I don't know what the word is, but he's like a he's like a very good example of what was wrong with WCW where they had their feet in both ends of the pool when they should have just committed to one. Like you yeah. have him be like and he's a baby face for four years with no character. Like I said, it's like, you know this guy's dad, right? You like his dad? Here he is. It's like what? <laughs> this isn't an apprenticeship, man. He's not an electrician. Um so the King of the Road match was taped four days earlier outside Atlanta, Georgia. And the match that we all have seen was heavily edited due to the blading of both the bully and uh, Dustin Run- Rhodes. But that's the weird thing. Why not just retape it? The whole thing is very weird. Yeah, again, why not just do it again? This is the other thing that's great about WCW. Well, that didn't work out well. We have time to do it again. No, we have to get the truck back. We own the truck. I live in the truck. Get out of here. <laughs> this is my truck. I'm truck buck. But wait a minute. Ted Turner, you live in a truck? Nah, there's problems between me and Jane Fonda. I own this <laughs> truck and $400 million worth of stock of AOL, which uh, will be fine until the year 2000. I'm Bunkhouse Buck. This is my friend Gas Canister Steve. He lives in a gas canister. <laughs> mm. he's, th- he's three inches tall. He's my best friend. <laughs> he's poor. He's worse than me. Now, it's time, ladies and gentlemen, after the break for Mr. Dustin Rhodes to strike out on his own and become the man that Scott Hall was afraid to wrestle because Scott Hall's not gay because gay is bad, according to Scott Hall. Ladies and gentlemen, after the break, the debut, and for me, the best run of Goldust. Mankind calling him mom. It's revealed he's wearing lingerie at WrestleMania. Oh, so much good stuff. This is the ultimate. We have mentioned this before. The hierarchy of wrestling evil as far as... I mean, now, uh, thank God, wrestling is being reordered, but... And, by the way... It, a uh, couple uh, years uh, ago... Just got to stress, the hu- being, not is, not is new. It one day won't be this, still is this. We can just see that one day soon it won't be this. I mean, they're changing it, but gay is bad to wrestling. Oh, it's the and worst thing you the could ultimate be. ultimate... This is the ultimate, like, tasteless bullshit wrestling angle. This is worse than Katie Vick, and it's not because of how Goldust did it. It's because of the crowd reactions, which we'll talk about after this break. Um, while you're listening to the break, me and Dylan will be peeing in separate places because we record the podcast separately. Now go piss on my dick. This is Dylan from the Goddamn Wrestler Review, the show you're listening to right now. Please come to our show September 2nd in London, England. It is £10 if you are not a Patreon member and £5 if you are. Tickets are available at wrestlerreview.angelfire.com. You can also go to our Twitter at Wrestler Review. It is the pinned post. And our Facebook page, The Wrestler Review Podcast, where we have set up a cool-ass Facebook event. Otherwise, you can go to paypal.me backslash wrestler review that's paypal.me backslash wrestler review and donate either 10 pounds if you are not a member or five pounds if you are to see the wonderful show the best motherfucking show of all time the wrestler review live where we will be reviewing stan hansen and may or may not hire a fat man to show up as stan hansen and beat us to a death bye bye ladies and gentlemen Goldust debuts in 1995 using the tried and true villain monarch of Gay Man. <laughs> Ooh. Here's a fun thing, and this happens a lot, I think, when you're trying to create something, is that 
they really, really had a high concept idea, which was basically, what if we take David Bowie's androgyny and kind of try and mix it with a new type of pretension we've never used in professional wrestling? Like, the ideas for this angle, um, one of the names I originally pitched was Stardust. Like, it was all plays off Dustin, but then everyone apparently took it to be a play off of Dusty, which it might have been a play off of Dusty, to be fair, given the fact that, you know, he was yellow and black, and that was Dusty's uh, color pattern in the WWF originally as well. But it's this really high-concept thing, but also then Savio Vega uh, has a house match with Goldust, or a house show match with Goldust, and basically goes... Hey, there's a ton of Puerto Ricans in the crowd, and I'm Puerto Rican. We're in Madison Square Garden. Just rub my chest. <laughs> he does. Everyone goes nuts. And that's that. Slap those hands together, baby, because gold dust is gay. <laughs> um, so a couple else, of- I'd say, pretends he's gay to get everyone very angry at him because, of course, he's not gay. That would be gross. Yeah. Even pretending to be gay is the worst thing you can do. Fuck wrestling in the mid-90s. is a stupid fuck. Oh, yeah. No, it's... um. Sorry for that. I lost my page on my notes. The thing I wanted to bring up, which was Stardust came from... That was uh, Dusty Rhodes' nickname that everyone called him because he liked it, which just shows that the ego on that fucking guy. Also, according yeah. to uh, Runnels, it was originally pitched to him that he should portray himself like a drag queen who's obsessed with gold and um, was basically a parody of the Oscar statuette, hence Goldust being obsessed with films. Um, mm-hmm. It was fucking amazing. It was immediately, everyone, you just, you didn't know it was Dusty Rhodes, even though I, for one, had been watching WCW, so I knew who, you know, Dustin Rhodes was, but you couldn't see it through that character. He was bizarre, he was intimidating, and then he got in the fucking ring, and he beat the piss out of people, and it was just a great, different way of debuting a character, and also, he, it seemed like he proved a threat to all your fave wrestlers because he was so different, whether that be he was sexually attracted to them or what. Well, yeah, that's the whole thing is like, you could have gone a lot of ways with the character, but none, unfortunately, would have been effective as essentially just playing off how homophobic wrestling fans are. And boy, oh boy, were they ever. He beat yeah, Marty Jannetty like, at uh, In Your House 4. Later that night, Matthew Shepard was killed. Cool. That's not true. I feel very bad about that joke because I don't think you got the reference, but let me just tell you, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to look it up because I feel like I'll go, oh. Matthew Shepard <laughs> is the young uh, a teenager who was beaten to death by a bunch of drunks in a bar uh, in Laramie, Wyoming, which is where the Laramie Project was um, is based off of and is also uh, the first time that the Westboro Baptist Church came to prominence. Ah! I'm going to cut that sad thing. You're going to cut the sad? Right. Of course, it's sad. <laughs> that is pretty sad. It's Ladies so sad. You didn't hear it, but I just made a really sad joke. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, he beats uh, Martin Eugenetti, setting him up for a feud with Razor Ramon. This is Scott yeah, he Hall. when he's when. No, but like the big one is like Marty Jannetty is like a very classic person to beat, but then they put him in a feud with Razor Ramon, and that Razor Ramon feud, I remember it. Go ahead. Oh, this is really, I'm going to say this is like a, this is a high watermark for the Goldust character in that he's, so this is when they go full bore, like this guy is using homosexuality uh, on television and people are very angry at him. And Razor Ramon is very angry and uncomfortable that he's even touching a gay man. Goldust gives him a teddy bear and Razor Ramon rips it up. (laughs) Because I love the idea. I like the idea that um, if Scott Hall would have stayed with the WWF, that basically the Razor Ramon character would have just been revealed he is gay and yeah. uh and then then and then he's like comes to grips and comes out of the closet and then everyone just boos him because that's bad and uh then they're just like a they build a relationship uh that the foundation is love yeah i don't think they would have gotten to that second part but i like where your head is so far how angry would everyone every wrestling fan have been in 1995 if 
Goldust and Razor Ramon had a marriage, how angry would they have been? Well, there would have been no one more angry than Vince McMahon. Like, Vince McMahon would have been like, God damn it. <laughs> we're going to do this one day, and we're going to do it right. We're going to get a man to dress up like an old man, and and two Samoans will beat up the queers. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing is, like, they pretend that, like, oh, man, it was the audience's reaction is the reason we stopped this angle we can't believe the audience had this toxic a viewpoint. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, less than 10 years earlier, Adrian Adonis gained 30 pounds, so you were like, we're punishing you, now you're gay. And this is, we're going to move up to this, but this is the second time, the second time on pay-per-view that Roddy Piper has been the babyface at a feud with a guy who is gay, and that's his whole... Literally, all of Roddy Piper's babyface feuds are... The man's ethnic or the man is homosexual. <laughs> when you look back on Roddy Piper's career, it's like, oh, his his babyface character and his heel character weren't that different. That's sad. No, oh, you know I'm full of hate. Yeah. <laughs> What's even crazier is how much they throw into this feud. Because not only do they have them fight in the street with a baseball bat, they have Roddy Piper actually get hit by a car. They've also brought in Marlena by this point as a to really stress the fact he's pretending to be gay. He's not actually gay. We're wrestling. We're not fucking insane. Well, the whole viewpoint behind that, which is kind of like they had to soften Goldust because they were treading into very, very, very rough waters here, even though it is the mid to late 90s people regular media people are still looking at wrestling and you wrestling can you can have something that's super low brow and on tv like that and like how everyone kind of turned their nose down at wrestling um always has but particularly during this point where the ratings aren't even that high but you can't turn on wrestling and they're cheering for a guy beating up a gay man and then ch- and the cha- and the crowd is chanting the f word like you cannot stress that enough how often the crowd chants that word oh at this man let's okay i'll put it in a number the amount of times dusty Rhodes said um i love you to his son dustin is five times that by a million is how many times the crowd chanted the f word at gold dust (laughs) five million times yeah and it's a weird thing where it's like, they never get to it, but would Goldust have not, if they would have went a different way with the character, like the way I see them going with the character, if they come up with something like this now, is that what they've kind of tried to do, which is he's the bizarre one. He's he's more like Bray Wyatt than he is like, like make him like a Bray Wyatt, David Bowie, androgynous type person. You know what I mean? Make him like yeah. a star child. Essentially, make him the Bowie star child. Don't just like this is just lazy. Where they they couldn't they had this great idea and they first of all first of all first of all you fucking idiot star child is Paul Stanley from Kiss Ziggy Stardust is David Bowie in his glam androgynous phase. Second of all, great point you made about the Dusty Rhodes character, a hundred percent. But that's Making not where they want more like Paul Stanley is a great way to make them a heel because Paul Stanley is a sucks. loser. He sucks. <laughs> Kiss fucking sucks. I like Kiss's music, but they blow, especially now when if you read about Paul Stanley in the press, oh, um, what's that? You don't like my uh, way of singing. We banned you from all of them. <laughs> I um, had sex with a bunch of questionably aged women. I always talk about reading newspapers next to sleeping women in a weirdly confrontational manner. Here's another Me Too moment that's going to come out. Gene Simmons never drank in his life. Uh, say that again? Gene Simmons never drank in his life. Oh, yeah. You want to know why? So he's alert when they're not. Which he basically says oh, in his first Christ. book. You're always alert. That way, if there's an opportunity for sex, you could take advantage of it. Good fucking God. Circle. Highlight. Put him in jail. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. So, uh, more on Goldust here. Um, he, they do add the Marlena character uh, just to soften everything and not have the crowd react 
as hatefully towards him just to be like, oh, it's not because he's gay. It's because... And then they were like, oh, well, he's not gay, so that's fine. And then Glad basically came back with, well, this is worse. Like, this is... Now you're saying the character is a straight guy uh, acting gay towards people to get them mad because that would make someone very mad. And then the WWS retort was, was probably like... Well, you take care too much about interior design. <laughs> it would be fun to watch Vince McMahon talk to just like a, a, any feminist woman. Oh my God. <laughs> I would pay $1 million to watch a debate between uh, Lindy West, Lindsay West. I'm so sorry. I don't remember your name. I like your writing. Uh, and Vince McMahon would be spectacular. Lindy West, I believe. It. Oh, it would be. She would set on fire. Yeah, because he wouldn't say things like... He would say things matter-of-factly that are, like, disgusting, and then she would, like, try and explain why it's bad, and he would just be like, uh, you're mistaken. <laughs> I I feel no, like he would just shout, wrong. prove it a lot. Prove it. <laughs> but Goldust, basically, this is the crazy part, is uh, that... Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon and Dustin Rhodes come up with this character, and... Dusty Ro Dustin Rhodes really credits Savio Vega with grounding it. And that Savio Vega was the one, like, they came up with this uh, character and Savio Vega, as I said earlier, was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just basically come on to guys, everyone will hate you. <laughs> like, that's, like, and that's... That's what you do, man. I don't like him. You don't like him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I feel like you, you almost were going to do a racist accent and then you just backed off and did no accent at all. Or you just an accent. I liked it. I got to tell you, because I know that Savio Vega yelled, and I was trying to just do that, and then I was like, listen, we're going to create some editing work for Dylan if we're not real careful here. <laughs> I think Savio Vega is a great example of a guy. I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but like how wrestling fans have gotten better and worse, and I think Savio Vega is a great, great example of a guy who, if he came along now, would have got way, way, way more credit for being how good he was. Oh, and, yeah. And good as a worker, because like when you saw him as a kid, you were like, "Why would I cheer for a guy who's is this short fat guy who's wearing a belt, uh, track pants, and the Puerto Rican flag as a vest?" No, 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 no. He's wearing chinos and a belt. That was the thing that always stuck with you at Savio Bay. Everyone else is in somewhat athletic gear, and he looked like my neighbor Jill. Like if he forgot during a barbecue, he had a business meeting. <laughs> Well, that's Savio Vega is a guy who like he went to WWF because he obviously they needed characters like that. Um, but he would have benefited a lot from going through ECW just so then he would gain a reputation and have like a existing fan base coming into the WWF. Oh yeah, that's a great point. Imagine Savio Vega came through our Ring of Honor. What weird gimmick he would have? The Puerto Rican Puerto Rican man who witnessed a murder. What I know about Savio Vega is he was one of the Puerto Rican witnesses to Bruiser Brody's murder. Uh, and has long claimed that the whole thing was a setup and a hit job, uh, and and yeah, but it and only that's fine and good. Yeah, actually, no, he's one of. The, but he's like, I uh, they never worked for me again because I was vocally saying you shouldn't have done that to that American, and they were like, what? That's bad. Get out of here. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? That sounds like I quit. That sounds like that's what you're saying. So Goldutch, you can tell he's on fire because he's feuding with Shawn Michaels here. Obviously, they don't, they don't put the belt on him. But I would argue, had they handled the character a bit differently, um, you easily could have put the belt on Goldust because Goldust is what people remember from this era of wrestling. Absolutely. What's also amazing is they set up for him being in a feud with The Undertaker, but they never quite do it, and that would have been amazing. That could have been a year-long Yokozuna-style feud. If you get because he, he you could legitimately give him a win over the Undertaker and it wouldn't be it wouldn't hurt the Undertaker but it would elevate Goldust to fuck yeah and then you're playing more off of the like weirdo bizarre mind game type things that he would do because this is a different opponent than the Undertaker's ever had basically all of the Undertaker's opponents are like this guy's the fucking fattest guy I've ever seen in my yeah God, look how fucking fat this guy is look how fucking tall this guy is. He's so fucking tall. Now you have a different character where it's basically like a different... They haven't done a character like this before or since. Like, taken this much of a leap creative. No, it's amazing. It's spectacular. It's great. Um, like, in some ways, I should say, because I said this before the break, in some ways it's the absolute low point in wrestling, and that's why Goldust is so interesting, because it's at the same times it's the absolute lowest rung bullshit 
common denominator uh, that you could have in wrestling, but also it's really good sometimes, John. It's it's really interesting, and it also shows the the shift they kind of go through because as they keep going with the goldest character he aligns himself briefly with mankind has mankind keeps calling him mummy which is always so weird right. but That's just really good yeah it brings in both the characters because it goes okay this is how weird goldust is but this is how weird mankind is then when they go into the heart foundation feud where it's part of team america is goldust goldust acknowledges that he is dusty Rhodes's son and he will defend that leads to and that is do you remember brian Pillman versus dusty Rhodes? And if Brian Pillman wins, he gets to own your wife for a month. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. The battle for a woman. Yeah. Women are property. Do you know why this was a weird angle, though? No. <laughs> Brian Pillman had dated uh, Marlena when she was Alexandra York in WCW. Oh, shit. And that's why really? everyone was like... That's why everyone was like, well, this is weird. Now, like, if you put yourself... If you're like dating, I don't know, if you're in a storyline with one of your girlfriend's ex-boyfriends where they're dating now or she, like, that's not weird. Do you know what I mean? Because you kind of understand and trust that person. But in wrestling terms, it's like, but women is crazy for dicks. If she sees his dick again, she'll suck it. <laughs> that's the thought. Yeah, no, like literally... They're having a match. Basically, they're having a match, and the stipulation is all of Dustin's father's fears. Exactly. And they play out those fears until Brian Pillman, uh, of course, passes away because that man was broken and sad. Broken. Yeah. Sad. Broken, broken and, and sad. sad. He don't have an ankle no more. No. Ankles because he's broken and sad. And Brian Pillman, we will obviously do a Pillman episode, but good lord. Just the worst thing that could happen in wrestling. It's happened uh, to Eddie Guerrero as well. Uh, you're a great worker. You finally, finally comes together that you're uh, as good on the microphone as you are in the ring. And, of course, uh, injury, pills, dead. Booyah. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. But, yes, um, Terry Reynolds of... Of course, this is this made everyone, a lot of people uncomfortable. Even on Pritchard's podcast, he was like, well, I could have never done that. It's like, yes, you could if you were a mature man, which Dustin Rhodes appears to be. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's just what it is. Um, and of, of course, uh, we're getting into the reality era, which unfortunately kind of ruins gold dust, I would say, because they do the first thing where... He comes out and he goes, I'm Dustin Rhodes. I am Dusty Rhodes' kid. And this is my wife, Terry. And they do this with, like, every character that's at all interesting in wrestling. But this, but, but by the way, this was the first time they did it. That's why, like, that, I remember that was in the Raw magazine. And it was such an interesting article because it, it was the first time they pulled back the curtain. The problem was is that they went on to do it with everyone else. If they had just kept it with that interview with that guy, it would have been the fucking best. But they don't do that because welcome to wrestling. What's that? Is that a horse? It's alive? Well, let's shoot and then flog and then fuck and then flog and then ground into dust that horse and then fuck those dust particles. And then we'll probably be like, oh, this wrestler can't get over. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It and the other thing is, if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, this was a great moment of, at this time, if you just watched a lot of wrestling, you this was a great moment of a deep breath because you're like, yes, I knew they were, I knew that was Dusty Rhodes' son the whole time. Yeah. I'm a nerd. Yeah. I did it. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, so Brian Pillman died. No word yet if it was because Dusty Rhodes hired some assassins to kill him. I've long suspected. <laughs> Baby, I got an idea for a storyline. How about we get Brian addi Pillman addicted to pills and then he dies and his wife is a widow? Ironically, Dusty that a story didn't like No, that's just something I said in motion three years ago when he was in WCW. The Booker is the Booker, baby. Dusty didn't like that. I want to throw this out there. Dusty did not like that his son's wife had slept with any other women, but he loved the Goldust character so much he kept telling people in WCW that Madonna was going to direct um, 
uh, yes. the next vignette for um, Goldust and all this sort of nonsense. It was fucking weird. Also, Goldust... something that you threw out there? Uh, yes. Dusty Rhodes would not have been angry if Dustin's wife had slept with... <laughs> oh, did I say women? I meant men. We know what you meant, but what you said was... <laughs> um, and what was the last thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah. Then we get into the... He also, this, he's a... He's a bit of a fucking trailblazer because, let's be honest, uh, he starts doing, by 1997, um, after sort of the reveal, this he goes into this weird feud with Vader where he base, he becomes the artist formerly known as Goldust. He shows Vader his dick. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then um, portrays China Dust, uh, Dude Love yeah, Dust, or Dust Love Dust. Dusty Dust, Hunter Dust, Flash Dust, Marilyn Manson Dust, Sable Dust, and Vader Dust. All within the first six months of 1998. He's the first character they decide to dive bomb just by making them an impersonation character, which they've now done 3,000 times. Like, this is Dustin Rhodes has gotten fat. He loves pills. This is what they did to the big show when the big show got fat. This is what they tried to do. I think Charlie Haas had this character towards the end of his run. Like, they always try this Damien Sandow, of course. They always give this someone as a character, like, here, do this, and then fucking quit. Yeah, do this, and then go fuck yourself. Oh, wait, by doing this, we're telling you to go fuck yourself. Legit, that's what they're doing. And this is the whole thing where they're they're all over the place with Dustin Rhodes, because he's always kind of been a pet project of Vince Russo, and a lot of the reason that those early gold dust vignettes were so good was they were leaning really heavily on Vince Russo for that stuff. But of course with, with editors, with other people around. So when Vince Russo goes, and then bro, he takes out his real dick and he nuts on the American flag, bro. That's the end of the segment. And they're like, no, we're going to cut that. And he's like, you're censoring me, bro. Bro. Um, of course, uh, Dustin Rhodes, uh, then, also does the original, um, I'm a Christian and this is all bad now. Uh, yes, he forms the evangelists there. against television. What is it? Television music. Oh, no. Television movies and entertainment. Eat me. <laughs> because uh, Christians were criticizing, uh, like every group was criticizing the WWE so justifiably at this point. Oh, like, my God. Yeah. Basically... The lines of the characters that worked for what they were were essentially um, Austin worked because you're allowed to swear on television. That's fine. Like that. That is that. What that is. But then there's a bunch of other characters. Like their mid card was essentially like, what is the worst things we can do? How about black militants are bad? How about um, how about a pimp? But he's funny. <laughs> It's funny. They're the, he beats them, but that's fine. Like, there's a bunch of fucking horrifying shit in the mid card. The upper card is obviously uh, great stuff with, like, The Rock and Austin and then, you know, the corporation and whatever. And only in time does Vince McMahon's character grow to embody entirely what the mid card, uh, the tasteless mid card was. Yeah, it's interesting. Once we get to the ruthless aggression era, it's basically like Vince McMahon only remembers the attitude era of the stuff that they wouldn't let Vince Russo do, so then they do that. Uh, also, yeah, Val Venus then fucks uh, Terry Runnels um, while he's in this uh, gimmick. It's very weird because they kind of imply that Terry Runnels was in on it, but they don't imply that she's in it. It's very strange. Yeah, well, it's the whole thing of they always do this where uh, this, televa- this evangelist character is mad at the WWF for being so fucking extreme. Oh, looks like his wife got fucked by one of the big dicked guys because we all have big dicks and we can satisfy women. And if you don't like exactly what we do, you have a small, stupid dick. Yeah. Your dick's small and so is your attitude towards women or something. But think about how this has changed. Like, we're looking at three years into his WWE run and look at how long his WCW run was. We're basically 1991-1994, same character the whole time. Now, we've gone from androgynous, amazing stuff um, that turns into downright evil storyline, and then, I'm actually Dustin Rhodes. I'm back to being Gold Dust. Now I'm Dustin Rhodes again, and I'm an evangelist. I'm Gold Dust again. Like, the artist formerly known to Gold Dust stuff was good, because he took Luna on after, of course, the Marlena thing, 
And Luna was great because it was like he would come out with like in a ball the yeah. promo where he came. Yeah. With a ball gag and stuff. We did that on the Luna Vachon episode. But that was really, really good stuff. He showed Vader his dick. That's still my favorite part of all of this is when he showed Vader his dick. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Vader went, it's Vader. Yeah, he went, it's Vader. It's Vader. <laughs> it's Vader term. But Goldust is firmly implanted as part of the Jerry Springer-esque mid-card. We'll get you to watch this by just doing a bunch of whack shit. This is also, by the way, this is the saddest part of Goldust's career. Like, he's basically just fucking oh, yeah. floundering. They bring him back as Goldust after he's saying, like, the he's coming, he is returning. They missed a trick on how they spelled coming, by the way, but what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> and he comes back as Goldust. He was so fucking over when he returned as Goldust, especially because he debuted The Shattered Dreams, um, yes. which is the most Attitude Era move ever, which is a man kicks another man in his dick. <laughs> yeah. And people forget that they also just make him fucking dominant against Val Venus, beats the fuck out of him. He then feuds with Jeff Jarrett um, over Deborah. They they just drop that feud, and now it's early '99, and he is on drugs. Yeah, this is mm, Daddy's doing pillsies. His marriage, is, of course, to Marlena is falling apart. So yeah, because she she's not Vicodin. She keeps he keeps demanding her to be Vicodin, and she's like, "I'm a person." And he's like, "I wanted Vicodin." Let me chew your hair. Does that have anything fun on it? Ryan Shamrock shortly becomes his valet. Um, he of course uh, teams uh, with Blue Meanie shortly. He's doing feuds with Al Snow. Um, and he's pretty much kind of like lower, lower mid-card stuff. Like, there's a match he has with William Regal that is like, if you want to watch that match, it's just like a little match on Raw, but William Regal's the man's man. But it's like, who's going to win? Is Vicodin going to win? Or are Percocets going to win? Yeah. Like, it's just like the fattest pillheads. And we're like, <laughs> this is a good shout, but when anytime someone's a pillhead, they have just like this red neck. And we watch the match, it's just like just too red. Like their neck, their throats, sorry, their throats are completely red. And it's like, oh, you guys worked, instead of working on this match, you're both like extremely some of the best workers naturally uh, in wrestling history. But instead of doing that, you guys just chewed Percocets and looked into each other's eyes as a uh, new age lady in the tramp wood. Yeah. The thing with working on a match is that that really cuts into the time where you could be crushing Oxycontins with your wrestling boot and then licking the stain it leaves on a toilet seat. <laughs> I've always said that about work, John. Yeah. And, of course, he they, he leaves w, for WCW in 1999, and that's what we'll pick up in part two next week. And... If you like the part of Kane's career where he was unmasked, if you liked the part of Kane's career after he lost the WWF title to Stone Cold Steve Austin on that Raw in between being unmasked, you are going to love next week because we get into fucking seven when he was seven and WCW. Oh, it's so. We get into his TNA run as Black Rain when he was fatter <laughs> than he's ever been in his life. So good. Oh yeah, like and also we get into the amount of times he came back to the WWF. 2002. And then yeah, there's Black Rain. Then there's 2005. Gold Dust recently and does a great job. And also, yeah, he comes back and he teams with Booker T. Great stuff. Uh what's your favorite thing about uh Gold Dust Dustin Rhodes during this era of his career? He's the he's the first wrestler to prove that controversy actually creates a market and is the reason why I would say he's the first thing you could point to the Attitude Era taking hold in the WWF. I think, yeah, I would say the exact same thing. Like well, it's, he, oh, you're going to steal my people, idea, of course. Good. Yeah, fuck you. People forget that, like, the first time, like, it sounds really small, but the first time ass was said on a WWF pay-per-view was Razor Ramon and Goldust and just the heat that the Roddy Piper Goldust matches had, and it's all for the wrong reason. But it's basically Vince McMahon being like, ooh, it seems that most of the people that come to my events are trailer park men. 
interesting. Allow me to write a show for Trailer Park Men. And then he just wrote boobies with a question mark <laughs> on it, and then he circled it and wrote yes. <laughs> then, and that's how, and that's how it was worn. I think one of the my my favorite thing is that it's gonna sound weird, but that gold dust was necessary uh, to put a mirror up to wrestling fans so they they could get better as uh, people because no one wants to look back everyone likes gold dust but no one really wants to look back and see how ugly his character was at first and what ugliness that brought out of the crap interesting i'd say the worst thing about gold dust uh is that he um he's uh, basically uh homophobia baiting he was worse than the nation of domination for that oh yeah because the nation of domination was at least like they they got some victories basically gold dust's perceived homosexuality was perceived as like he's fucking gross yeah and and new people beat him up every week and that's good because they should be beaten yeah it's fucking awful it basically endorses gay bashing it's fucking awful what's your uh what's your worst thing about uh dustin rose during this period is it gonna be that he uh didn't lose every match john um yes of course no no my worst thing about gold dust i would think it would be um that he was ever fly, uh, that he was ever punished for doing anything but exactly what he did in the King of the Road match, the best match ever. Yeah, he shouldn't have been fired. He should have been made the world champion. But um, it's very good that he did get fired because he needed to move on from that identity. He had been wrestling six years, so that's po- that's like it's really good luck that he got fired and got the Gold Dust gimmick that now he's been doing off and on for twenty three years. Oh, yes. No, Dylan, let's be more logical. I just wanted to bring up the King of the Road match one more time because it's just so <laughs> fucking embarrassing. You know what might be one of the worst things about Goldust 2 in a non-like, um, in a, non, a non-big-picture way is originally they wanted his finishing move to, and he did it on dark matches, be the heart punch. <laughs> Anytime you give a guy the heart punch, it's the worst thing about him. Yeah, and that's also why, by the way, he, for some reason, wore bicycle gloves. Is because they were trying to get him over as a guy who can punch people. I really like that. I really think that if they did that, like if if they did the heart punch, but then they actually were like, never let the guy on wrestling again, if he got, actually got punched in the heart, it's like, he's dead. He's dead from the heart punch. The, heart, the punch stopped his heart. So you'll never see Stone Cold Steve Austin again. <laughs> he hit the heart punch. He's dead. So like that's what how, you would say is the only person. So how the WWE could have gotten out of that lawsuit is they could have been like, oh, no, you don't understand Harley Race heart punched Owen Hart. And that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. If you see a guy is starting to have cardiac arrest in the ring, you quickly punch him in the heart to get the move over. Like Masala, <laughs> when he died off the backdrop, they would have like punch him in the heart. Quickly, what? quickly. No. Shouldn't I do CPR to like try and help him? No, he's gone. We need wrestling must live. Think wrestling of, has to live on. Think of the business. Think of the business. <laughs> think of pin that man. <laughs> um, well, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Even with the title, get out there and pin him, Shango. It's the godfather now. Whatever. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Wrestler Review. I'm woke and cool man John Hastings, and that is Dylan Goldust is how all gay people are got. Uh, John's like that. I'm not. Please come to our live show, September 2nd, 5 p.m. Biatch. Thank you for listening. Donate on Patreon. Add us on Twitter and Instagram. Come over to our house. Give us a back rub. Please, just be our friends. Thanks for listening. Uh, next week, Gold Dust Part 2. Bye-bye, poo-poo. Hey, 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 we are only two weeks away now from the Royal Rumble live on pay-per-view, January 21st, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. We know that Bret the Hitman Hart defends the WWF title against The Undertaker. But just at it, for the Intercontinental title, the bad guy, Razor Ramon, defends against the bizarre guy, Gold Dust. Right now, let's talk to... The bizarre guy, Gold. It was a million tiny little things that when you add them up, it just meant that we were supposed to be together. And I knew it. I knew the very first time I touched her. It was like coming home, only to no home I'd ever known. I was just taking her hand to help her out of a car, and I knew it. It was like magic. Sleepless in Seattle, 1993. Razor Ramon. Bad guy. Naughty, naughty.
at the Royal Rumble on January 21st. Magic between us it will be. Don't fight it, Chico. Accept it. Revel in it. Let's ooze as one. Oh, you'll never forget the name. 